A fantastic Friday to each of you and welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. The 2002 trade deadline has come and gone and of course, as many of us anticipated, the Grizzlies let it go by without making the move. What that means for them and what the moves other teams did means for the Grizzlies, plus an impressive win for the Grizzlies over the Detroit Pistons last night in the Motor City. That and much more on today's edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Here we go. Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome one and all to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me here at StatsSAC, the show at Locked On Grizz on Twitter. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for four seasons, credential media member with the team, covering them over at Locked On, on Grizzly, over at Grizzly Bear Blues, and your host here at Locked On Grizzlies every single day. And of course, I want to remind you, you can find the show wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be, and right here on YouTube as well. Hit that subscribe button below, let you be able to let us know you enjoy the show, let others find the show, just makes the experience the best it can be for everybody involved. Certainly want to thank you for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, but want to remind you, it's Super Week brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked on NFL podcast. Locked on Bengals and Locked on Rams are in LA all week long covering the big game. Make sure you check out all the great coverage from the Locked on Podcast Network when it comes to the Super Bowl. So a little bit of change in plans. Typically, I will recap the previous night's game to open the show. But I'll be honest with you, what occurred off the court, both for the Grizzlies and across the league, in my opinion, was a bit more impactful than what occurred on the court last night. The Grizzlies got a big win. I get in an expected situation against the Detroit Pistons. We'll obviously get to that a little bit later on in the show. But when it comes to the Memphis Grizzlies, I and many others have talked about it for, you know, going on a month now, that coming up to this day, the Grizzlies, yes, with how successful they've been over the past two and a half months, it made sense with them clearly being entrenched as a top three team in the West. It made sense for them to potentially look to make a move that could provide an upgrade now, potentially an upgrade in the future. You've got a front office with Zach Kleiman and, and, and his staff who have shown in the past to put a preference on taking present assets and getting future value from them. All of those things, all those perspectives had logic. We had needs of, of three-point shooting and extra big. We had, we, we had clear reasons why it made sense to make a trade if something made sense, if something clearly came to us that truly was something that would either improve our present and our future or our present at the very least. And the thing is this, is it nothing materialized? That's simply what it is. Zach Kleiman talked about it in his media session yesterday after the trade deadline had come and gone. These The Grizzlies weren't going to make a trade just to make a trade. That was always understood. There was no need for the Grizzlies to change what clearly is working unless it was going to be beneficial to them. Now, we could have different levels of benefit. Myself, the folks over at Grizzly Bear Blues, many who cover the Memphis media. There were many reasons why the Grizzlies could have made moves. Again, obviously, improving a few skill set areas that they need, 
obviously getting more depth on the wing or, or in the front court. They could have made a move basically to get future value for their expiring contracts, perhaps positioning their roster to be in a better position to perhaps make a bigger trade in the summer. All those would have been logical reasons why Memphis made a move yesterday. But at the end of the day, Zach Kleiman and his staff, they simply felt like that as, as, as logical as those reasons were, no deal materialized that made it clear that, that doing that deal was going to be better than breaking up what the Grizzlies obviously have. Now, I will say this. The thing about it is, is that just because a move is not made now, it doesn't mean that it can't be made over the summer. And another big thing to understand is that just because expiring contracts like a Kyle Anderson or a Tyus Jones, not necessarily a Jarrett Colbert, but even though those players were not traded right now and their contracts will now expire after the season, there still are potentially deals out there that the Grizzlies can do through sign and trade, what have you, by being able to use Kyle Anderson and Tyus Jones in the offseason if they do not extend them. But at the end of the day, the Grizzlies simply made the decision that with how well this team has played this year, with how hard they have worked, with how well this team fits together the chemistry, the culture, whatever word you want to put towards this Grizzlies team, the Grizzlies felt that how well this team is gelling, how well they are playing together, it's earned the ability for that to be respected to the point that just let this roster ride out its success, see how far it can go. Zach Kleiman talked about how much faith he had in this roster, how he truly feels there's no ceiling for this roster. And it just, and he, he and his staff simply felt that the Grizzlies, as they are constructed right now, what they've done should be honored to the point that let them enjoy this ride together, see how far it can go, and then after you get a better idea of where they actually stand this season, then you potentially can make your moves. But that doesn't mean that just because a move again wasn't made now that it won't be made in the future. And the other thing that I'll say is just because a move wasn't made now, that doesn't mean that the Grizzlies can't get in a better position to make a move in the future if they were to. I asked Zach Kleiman directly. I talked with him about, even though a move was not made right now, do you see that there's, and I didn't ask him specifically about any deal. I just asked him in general, moves that don't happen now, could discussions that did occur now lead to further discussions in the future? And of course, he made the comment that he has a lot of faith in this roster. He has a lot of faith in seeing where this roster currently constructed can go. But he also made a key, key point. He said that in time, tough decisions will be made. He talked about how tough decisions were made in regard to Jonas Valanciunas and Grayson Allen this past summer. And he's exactly correct. Tough decisions eventually will need to be made as this roster continues to evolve. But the bigger thing, the bigger point that I think that he was also alluding to was simply this. Though the Grizzlies did not make a move at the trade deadline, they're obviously going to get Dylan Brooks back from injury towards the end of this month. One thing that the Grizzlies will gain by making no changes to this roster as of right now, he did say they may comb the buyout market. I don't put much faith in them really finding anything significant on the buyout market because I feel like that the roster that they have right now, there may be a player, a veteran that makes sense to bring in, but it's really hard to fit someone who's bought out into the rotation that the Grizzlies have right now. But since the Grizzlies have made it clear they're going to ride with their current roster, 
What they will gain from this season is that the Grizzlies have consistently stepped up to a new level when it comes to their play. They're, you know, from the Jaws rookie season to, you know, getting in the play-in game to last season, getting past the play-in game and getting to the playoffs to this season, being a top three team in the West. They've consistently gone up when it comes to their production. But now with the same roster that has grown together to have this type of success, to consistently move up that success ladder, now the front office is going to get the chance to see who really stands out who is going to be essential for this Grizzlies team to be able to advance in the playoffs, to have success in the playoffs? Because we know this roster is currently constructed. It's going to have success in the regular season. It can do what it needs to do to be in playoff contention or get in favorable playoff positions. It's done it for three straight years. Now, the Grizzlies are going into the playoffs as one of the best teams in the West. And so the front office is going to be able to see at a heightened level of play when the Grizzlies are trying to advance in the playoffs, who really stands out as being an essential part of that with Jaw, with Jaron, with Desmond and others, and who might be expendable into the summer to bring in a piece that's going to be essential for the Grizzlies to be able to make it to where they want to make it. That's the other thing to gain from the fact that the Grizzlies stood pat at the trade deadline is that even though they didn't make a move now to upgrade their roster, they're going to continue to get a better idea of which players truly are essential to a Grizzlies team that knows they can win in the regular season, knows that they can get to the playoffs. Now the question to be answered is, which players are essential for the Grizzlies to advance in the playoffs? That pertains to Kyle Anderson, Tyus Jones, Dylan Brooks, DeAnthony Melton, Brandon Clark. Those players certainly are going to reveal just how important they are to the Grizzlies' success moving forward. Whether that's as being a part of the future core that wants to be a contender as soon as next year, or as potentially being expendable parts of a potential trade that could bring a significant talent to the Grizzlies as they look to be a contender. That's what's to be gained from going with this roster moving forward, even though a deal was not made. However, it's not only the, the moves that the Grizzlies did not make, but it's other moves around the league that were made that could impact the Grizzlies season moving forward. I'll discuss in just a moment. But before I do, as I mentioned, the Super Bowl is here. And of course, that is the biggest sporting event of the year. And if you like to bet and wage your own sports, it's also a great time because with more props, odds, and lines than ever before when it comes to the Super Bowl, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just the Super Bowl because once that's here and gone, that means football is over. But you've got pro and college sports, NHL, boxing, UFC, anything that you want to enjoy. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline where the game starts. Of course, we want to thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But check out the Locked On NBA podcast and all the rest of the Locked On NBA shows as well for all the reaction from the local experts when it came to the big moves around the league yesterday. After making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked On NBA podcast and any of the Locked On NBA podcast shows that you want to get instant reaction to when it comes to the rest of the league. So obviously yesterday, many different things were going on around the league. One of the, a couple of things that stood out 
were that, of course, you had the big trade between the New Jersey, <laughs> I always want to say New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers, Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and drafted Andre Drummond and draft picks to the Nets, James Harden to the 76ers. It was a big trade for both teams that in the short term, I really think helps the Sixers, a needed move for them to maximize their opportunity under this peak of Joel Embiid's dominance. And for the Nets, it gives them assets plus a significant player in Ben Simmons to remain competitive, remain in that title contingent picture, but also gives them future compensation for moving off James Harden. But beyond that, your biggest moves were actually before the trade deadline. They were before yesterday. Of course, the Demonis Simonis, Tyrese Halliburton trade between Indiana and Sacramento, and then also the C.J. McCollum trade to the New Orleans Pelicans. But a couple of other things that stood out yesterday was that besides the Grizzlies and, and the Rockets, they made a small move, but besides that, every other team in the Southwest Division for the Grizzlies made a significant move. Of course, Spencer Dinwiddie, and um, D Davis Bertans coming to the Mavericks for Kristaps Porzingis, who went to the Washington uh, Wizards. That certainly was a big move in terms of the Mavericks, not only in terms of their style of play right now, in terms of their long-term projections as to what they're going to look like. Obviously, also, Kristaps Porzingis no longer being a part of their long-term plans around Luka Doncic. A very interesting move for the Dallas Mavericks that impacts them this year and obviously beyond. I'll tell you a team that did have a good trade deadline is the San Antonio Spurs, a team that certainly is far away from really being in contention, but a team that got good value, very good value yesterday for Derek White and others that it traded away. It, may, it, it was uncharacteristic of the Spurs to make in-season moves. But they made the moves, and it allowed for them to be able to really get some future assets in place to, again, ascend back into that true playoff picture moving forward. And then, as I mentioned, when it came to the New Orleans Pelicans, they got C.J. McCollum at the trade or a few days before the trade deadline. He will be making his impact for the Pelicans here in the near future known. He'll be in place for three more games, uh, barring injury that the Pelicans play against the Grizzlies. So many moves out there were made in terms of the Southwest Division. But in general, the Western Conference, outside of that big move by the Mavericks, the Western Conference, especially at the top of it, it was pretty quiet. Uh, the Phoenix Suns brought back Torrey Craig, who they got last year to help them on their finals run. The Warriors stood pat. The Grizzlies stood pat. Utah, they brought in Nikhil Walker-Alexander, traded away Joe Ingles. That provides them with depth. We've talked about Dallas. Denver got Brent Forbes. Obviously, the Clippers made a pretty significant move, getting Norman Powell as well as um, uh, uh, Robert Covington in a deal from the Trailblazers. But beyond that, you had neither the Wolves nor the Lakers made a move as well. The big moves in the Western Conference were made by the Sacramento Kings as well as the New Orleans Pelicans fighting for a spot in the play-in game just to have a chance at the playoffs. And that's what stands out about this, is that the most of the moves, the majority of the big moves that occurred or the, the depth moves that occurred basically impacted the East. You didn't have a lot of major moves in the West, especially towards the top of the Western Conference. So at the end of the day, the big thing that stands out is that many teams stood pat. And so you, the ideas that you continued to have or that you had before the deadline 
of what the Grizzlies were going to need to do to be able to get to the playoffs and advance against potential opponents, it really has not changed that much. But here's the other big key to me that stands out above all this. What also stands out is this. We now are past the trade deadline. Yes, the buyout market could occur. But at the end of the day, the Grizzlies have decided with how successful this roster is, their best bet, their best course of action was to ride out, seeing what this roster can do. I discussed in the first segment the benefits that the Grizzlies can gain from that by seeing, by having, again, an even more clear idea at a higher level of play when they're looking to advance in the playoffs, the Grizzlies will get an idea of who's essential to being able to do that and who might be expendable starting this summer. Because at the end of the day, with the fact that the Grizzlies have chosen to stick with their roster, I've said it once, I'll say it again, I'll keep saying it. This season is already a success. It already is a bona fide success for this Grizzlies team. I know that they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. I know many others didn't make a move at the trade deadline. So we know that the Grizzlies are likely going to be in place to have home court advantage in the playoffs with the hope of getting their first playoff series win in many years. But I'll tell you this straightforward. Regardless of how potential trades could have changed to the uh, could have changed, you know, the matchup outcome for whoever the Grizzlies face in the playoffs. Regardless of how far the Grizzlies make it in the playoffs, I obviously want this Grizzlies team to for the best form. I want them obviously to win a championship. That would be outstanding. The likelihood of that happening though is just not, you know, out it's just not incredibly likely this season. But of course, I want this team to get their first playoff win. I want them to continue to have success. I want them to continue to to surprise people and prove to themselves that not only can they have success as one of the best regular season teams in the league, they can achieve the success of also having success in the playoffs. I want all that. But the thing that I think needs to be but that, that that I needs to be that needs to stand out is that Whatever happens for the Grizzlies the rest of the season, wherever the Grizzlies wind up making it into the playoffs, and whether they lose in the first, the second, or the third round, it's going to be significant. It's going to be a huge confidence boost if this Grizzlies team can get their first playoff series win of this new generation. There's no doubt about that. But for me, wherever the Grizzlies lose in the playoffs, if they don't win a title, that's going to sting for a little bit. It obviously is. Just like it did last year after the playoffs occurred. But the thing that I'm getting at is, is that regardless of what happens to the Grizzlies in the playoffs, you want them to be as successful as possible. I don't think the impact of where the Grizzlies are going to, you know, eventually exit the playoffs, I don't think that is is as important as the growth that we've seen for the Grizzlies team this year. And the perspective that I'm getting at is this is that as we get to July of this year, as we get to the draft and when free agency starts, those times of the offseason where the Grizzlies could make their big move that we're all waiting to see via a trade or free agency or what have you. When we get to that point, I don't think the narrative around this Grizzlies team is that they lost in the second round of this year's playoffs or even that you you could say it's a disappointing season because they lost in the first round. I don't think that's going to be the narrative that defines this season for this team. 
What defines the sea? What defines this this season for the Grizzlies is that after this season, there's going to be a good chance going into next year. You've got a 23-year-old point guard who just came off a first or second All-NBA season. You've got a 23-year-old big man who just came off a first or second All-Defensive Team NBA season. You've got a 24-year-old shooting guard who potentially, who, who arguably is a top five shooter in the NBA and is coming off a season in which he potentially set a new franchise record for threes. You've got a top 10 offensive player, a top 10 defensive player, a top 10 shooter in the league arguably, in your young core of John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Desmond Bain. And they're all 24 years younger or less. That's going to be the key narrative from this season, regardless of what happens in the playoffs. And since the Grizzlies did not make a trade, they're going to be able to say they have that successful of a young core, but also fill in the blanks behind it as to who will be with that team for the future, but also who could potentially be expendable to bring someone in to add to that very, very exciting young core. The fact that the Grizzlies did not make a move at the trade deadline lets that narrative be even stronger for the future, be even more certain for the future, and also make sure the Grizzlies know with Desmond, with Jaw, with Jaron, which players make the most sense to keep with them, to invest in long-term to put around that trio, but also which players potentially could be expendable. And there's a reason why. There is a reason why, and I've discussed it before, we'll discuss it again in the future. There's a reason why I said the trio of Ja, Jaron, and Desmond. Obviously, I know that leaves out Dylan. That's certainly a narrative that we'll start to discuss more and more as he gets back into action. But that obviously is a few weeks away. What did happen last night was the Grizzlies earning another victory in another absolutely outstanding offensive performance. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to talk with you a bit about Shopify. Shopify is an amazing opportunity for you to be able to not only put yourself as an entrepreneur in a better place, but gives you the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. Shopify uh, powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. And the great thing about Shopify is if you go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA, all lowercase, you can get a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA right now. Also want to remind you, our title sponsor, or one of our title sponsors for the show is, of course, Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Have it in the morning for breakfast. Have it in the afternoon as a snack. Make sure that when you enjoy it, you know that you can go to Built.com and you choose from over 18 different flavors, plus put in the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. We're going to have a special edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast tomorrow in anticipation for all-star teammates John Morant and LaMelo Ball. That obviously is another big occurrence that happened from yesterday despite the 2022 NBA trade deadlining coming and going. John Morant actually was the second draft pick of Team Durant in the um, player draft for the all-star game. The way that it went was Joel Embiid, it then went Ste or Giannis, and then went Steph Curry. Let me make sure. Let me get my lies straight. Giannis, then Embiid, then Steph Curry, then Jaw. 
That's how the draft went. But, of course, John Morant will be on Team Durant the All-Star Game. The exciting thing is, is that both he, Trey Young, and LaMelo Ball all are on Team Durant. So we get to see this young trio of exciting point guards on the same team for the 2022 All-Star Game. But before we get to that, Ja and LaMelo once again will be facing off against each other. We'll have the preview for that, plus discussing just how impactful Stephen Adams continues to be. Another night last night with the double-double, something that's becoming more frequent, but his success without touches is absolutely incredible and impact as well. We'll discuss that on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So last night was as expected. The Grizzlies for the third straight game had 130 more points in a game. As a matter of fact, the Grizzlies last night had 132 points. They had 31 assists. They made 15 threes while shooting 50% from three, and they made 29 free throws. Now, it said that it, after the game, it gave them an extra free throw than they actually had made, so they only made 29. But when you look at all the teams that have ever played an NBA game in league history, only seven teams now, including the Grizzlies last night, had 130-plus points, 30-plus assists, 15-plus threes, 29-plus free throws while shooting 50% or better from three. That's how good of an offensive masterpiece this Grizzlies team put together. And it was expected, right? It was needed. It was the step forward that this Grizzlies team needed to take against a team like the Pistons, who without Cade Cunningham, even though they had Jeremy Grant, Let's just be honest, they were not one of the better teams in the NBA, and the Grizzlies came out early and often and made it happen. As a matter of fact, 41 points in the first quarter, 10 Grizzlies scored two, point, two or more points in the first quarter of last night's game. You don't hear that often, but that's how dominant this Grizzlies team was. And the thing, though, that stands out also is, again, though they're playing, let's just be honest, weaker competition right now in February, than they did in January. Number one, no matter how weak the competition is, they're taking care of business. But number two, the Grizzlies are using this opportunity to put together repetitions of playing the next evolution of their balanced offense. They're still getting the lane, still dominating, but it's not just points in the paint. It's getting to the line 30, 40 times a game. It's shooting, you know, 35, 40, 45, 50% from three, converting those high percentage looks that open up because of how dominant the Grizzlies are being at getting into the lane. That's the next evolution of this Grizzlies offense. You're not seeing John Morant have to score 40 or 45 points. Only 23 points last night himself. He was efficient, but he only had to score 23 points last night because of the rest of the team stepped up, supported from three, supported from the free throw line. You saw it in New York. When John Moran and Desmond Bain went a combined 13 for 45 from the field, yet the team stood up, stood up and stayed and stood out and got the job done. So the big takeaway from last night is that we're seeing more consistently the balanced approach that this Grizzlies team is going to need in the playoffs. And again, I know they're doing it against weaker competition. They're probably not going to put performances together in the playoffs like they are right now in February against the Magic and against the Pistons and what have you. But the big key is the more that the Grizzlies put together a full 48 minutes of this type of offensive production, it's going to make it easier for them to put together at least a stretch like that. 
in playoff games, which could make all the difference in the world once we get Dylan Brooks back and we have what should perform like a top 10 defense. That's the whole key to the success that we're seeing right now when it comes to the Grizzlies. The more often the Grizzlies have longer stretches, even full 48 minutes of games, where they have offensive performances like they had last night and like they've had for three straight games, that's going to make it easier for them to be more resourceful when the playoffs come, for them to have long stretches of their offense playing like that. Even if they're going to be facing tougher defenses, even if they're going to be facing more, more talented teams than they are right now, the key is, is that being able to consistently do what they need to do now to take the next step offensively, they're going to have an easier time of doing it when it's going to matter more in the playoffs. And of course, obviously, strong defense, that also helps. So just because John Moran is not scoring 35 to 40 plus per night, just because Desmond Bain is not setting new career highs when it comes to points or making six or seven threes, the whole key is, is that the entire team right now is contributing night in and night out to performances that we've not seen from the Grizzlies or that we've rarely, rarely seen from them in franchise history. In April of last year, this Grizzlies team, arguably, in, 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 in many statistical perspectives, had the best offensive month that it's ever had. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to have as successful of a month this year from three as they did last month. But they're also scoring 130 points per game. They've never scored before this week. They've never scored 130 points in two consecutive games. Now they've done it three straight times. This team is firing on all cylinders when it comes to its offense. And even John Morant said that there still is things that they need to work on. So even if they're not as effective as they think they can be, they're showing that they're to the level of being more than effective enough to still put on what many would consider an offensive masterpiece. And again, they're building the foundation. They're building the groundwork. They're building the resourceful you know, source that they need to be able to know what they'll have to resort to in the playoffs. Again, they may not put together a 130-point performance in the playoffs, but if they can at least play at this production level for a long stretch of playoff games, and it's going to be easier to do the more often they do it now. The more they do it now, the easier it's going to be able to do in the playoffs against tougher competition. That's what's going to help this Grizzlies have the best chance possible to have the success we've discussed. So, yes, a boring deadline day, but the thing about it is this. I discussed it with Parker Fleming on yesterday's show. The vibes still remain incredibly immaculate. Even though no moves were made, none were needed with how special this season already is. And by the front office betting on the roster that they have in place, it, become, it could become an even more special season, not only because of the end result of this season, but the certainty that it could provide beyond this season when it comes to helping this team truly evolve into a legitimate contender for years. Can't thank you enough for checking out Locked On Grizzlies. Make sure you hit that subscribe button below. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.